Welcome to another fabulous episode of My Orgasmic Life. You're in it for a treat. This is like the second one this week. I've been inspired. <laughs> Usually you only get one a week. Aren't you guys so lucky? <laughs> All right. So I'm your hostess with the mostest, Gaia Morissette. And today's episode is brought to you by Tickle.Life. Go check them out. Okay, so you might have heard that I got married last week, and in line with all of the, the, the warm wishes and all of the overwhelming love, outpour of love, and all the conversations that I've had about, you know, getting married and why I got married and all the things, um, I want to talk about actually, like, and I've had a lot of conversations with my clients lately um, about love, finding love, finding your loves, love or loves, depending on your uh, love paradigms and relationship styles. And um, I've broken it down to like seven key ingredients to basically baking. <laughs> lasting love or loves okay so we're going to talk about those things and so just full disclosure this is a, a two-parter um, as I do every month so the first part you guys get to listen for free the second part if you want the second part it is only for my uh, patreon uh, people who support uh, the overhead cost of running my orgasmic life and tip their hostess, which is me. All right. So that will be part two. And so part two, we'll be talking about how do we heal our old wounds around being about around conditional love. All right. So I just want to be consensual, <laughs> full disclosure. All right, here we go. So let's talk about uh, key number one. The difference between, hold on here, let me just pull this up. Okay, the difference between uh, conditional love and unconditional love. So that's the key ingredient number uno, <laughs> one, all right? So let's talk about that. Unconditional love is the thing that all of us in our deep, deep down, in our essence of who we are, we are craving. This is why we do pretty much everything that we do comes back to feeling unconditional love. Now, unconditional love is I love you, period. I'm loved, period. Now, that sounds really simple. But it's really complex and it's really hard to achieve and it's really hard to do because no one has taught us how to do this. And that's not actually as a society um, in, you know, and I can only speak out of North American society, um, North American society, we are taught that love is conditional. We only get loved if we are blah, 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 um, when we do blah, 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 um, and those are the conditions of whether or not we gain love from, and even as a small child, these are the conditions that we gain love from others. So we are programmed that we love is based on conditions. We love, we're love, we love if, when, and because. So just loving someone 
And there's a difference between loving someone and liking somebody. You can unconditionally love somebody and not particularly like their behavior or particularly like them or even have them in your life. So there's lots of layers there, okay? So that is the difference between unconditional love and conditional love. And seeing that most of us are moving from this conditional space, this conditional love is created, so leads us into uh, key number two, healing the old wounds from conditional love. So that the wounds in our heart, the wounds in our soul that tell us we aren't lovable, we're not good enough, we're not worthy of love, we're not, we don't deserve to experience love, these core, this empty feeling inside us that no matter how much love we get from the world, will never fill. These wounds, these deep, deep wounds come from conditional love because we weren't just loved, period. So therefore, we're trying to validate and prove that we are worthy of love and that we are lovable, or we are sabotaging to prevent ourselves to from experiencing unconditional love. And we push people away that could unconditionally love us. Like all sorts of behaviors happen. And these behaviors are what ultimately prevent us from actually finding lasting love or loves. Okay, so exclusive content part two for Patreon people for only $5 a month, you can, I'm going to talk about how do we start healing those wounds and the importance, it's clearly important to heal those wounds because until those wounds are healed, they are basically controlling every decision you make, every choice you make, every decision you make and every behavior you do. So important. Clear that shit up. Okay, I'm gonna switch back over here for a second, check in with, with the Facebook peeps, see how you're going. Anybody have any questions? Nope, okay. So, number three, very important. You need to fall head over heels in unconditional love and acceptance with yourself first. You need to become the island of love. (laughs) And this is a part of the whole healing the wounds of conditional love, right? So when we love ourselves, when we get married, one of the, one of the cool techniques that I use and I've done for myself that's helped me heal my old wounds around conditional love um, was that I got married. I did a whole marriage ceremony to myself. Like I got married to myself. And when that happened, it opened up and it prevented me from things like it changed behaviors like abandonment issues no longer worried about because I promised to be with me always and I can't get away from me even if I wanted to. Trust me, there's been times in my life I've tried. <laughs> and there I am, right around the corner, no matter what I do. <laughs> so, you know, this piece around loving, being the source of your unconditional love and acceptance for yourself 
what this does is it doesn't make you not lovable and it doesn't make you not love other people and it doesn't make you not want to receive love from others. The difference is, is that you don't need to do any of those things. And unconditional love and acceptance is not based out of a desperation and this empty void that you're trying to fill. You want to create this beautiful space of you being this beacon of love, unconditional love and acceptance for yourself so that you can allow other people to see that, so that you can allow other people to actually love you, to get to know you, to enjoy who you really are, not who they want you to be or what you're pretending to be, but who you really are. And feeling good about that. And not to mention there's all sorts of wonderful, amazing byproducts of your self-esteem and self-worth and, and your confidence level and your ability to communicate and, and be seen and taking up space and like all the fabulous things that you see from me. <laughs> you hear from me is because I love unconditionally love and accept myself. Now, I'm continually working on that. I would say probably I'm sitting at about, uh, probably about 85, 90% of complete unconditional love and acceptance of myself, which is like awesome. But I've also been, and this is really important, I've also been working on this unconditional love and acceptance of myself for the last 20 years. Okay, so, you know, there, it, it's a process. It's not going to happen like, oh, Gaia said so. So, like, tomorrow we can, like, absolutely love all of who we are and we can accept all of who we are. And, yeah, yes, yeah, that's, it takes a little bit of time. Okay, so uh, to learn how to do that, I highly recommend reaching out um, and, you know, for some support so that we can heal those Again, it comes down to healing those old wounds and really becoming the vessel of love within yourself, unconditional love and acceptance within yourself. And you can find me at GaiaMorissette.com. That's the hub. You can find me in all the places. All right. Key number four. All right. So this one's a big one. Actually, before I go, before I go into number four, I'm going to check in with Facebook. Oh, so we, we have somebody, uh, just something to take a moment here to, um, uh, I need to, <laughs> to block somebody as they are like losing their shit and being disrespectful on the, on our live. <laughs> okay. Uh, I hope I didn't ruin the live. I think I lost. No, I st still says I'm live on Facebook, but I don't know if I can get back to the live on Facebook. <laughs> ah. Oh, there we are. Okay. So any of the comments that you're seeing in uh, the Facebook live feed, I will clean up afterwards. Um, so let's drop into love, <laughs> unconditional love. <laughs> 
So like I was talking about the whole like why we behave the way that we do about feeling uh, abandoned and rejected and not worthy and not loved is uh, when people set boundaries is because we have old wounds that we need to clear up. Okay, so let's come back to number four. All right, number four is see that the person see the person for who they actually are not our fantasy of who we want them to be okay so this is really 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 important i recently had a conversation with a client who spent all this time in their lives um, in this fantasy of the relationship, meaning there was a belief that that what actually was the relationship, and this is not just one client, all pretty much all my clients and most of us have when we get into relationships because we're moving from those old conditional love wounds, okay? So that's the piece, that's the core of it. That's the reason that this behavior, these beliefs, these things happen. So this is why we have to heal those wounds. But we often make somebody out to be something they are not. So let me give an example of that. Hmm. Okay, so Say, for example, one of the things that really is important for you in a relationship um, is uh, interaction with the person and daily contact with the person via phone call, via text, via email, some kind of, you know, interaction with the person. And that's a piece that is an important part for you. Um, and you've negotiated and you've told the other person that this is what you want. And the other person says, sure. So the first day they do it, the second day they do it, and the third, fourth, fifth, and the next week they don't do it. And then they do it again. Now, when they do it again, you're like, see, they do love me. See, they do pay attention to me. See, this is, this is who they are. They're, this is who they're going to be. This is what our relationship is going to look like forever. In that moment, we went to the perceived fantasy of what we wanted them, their behavior to be versus their actual behavior is when they, that daily interaction isn't an important piece for them because if it was, they would have engaged with you daily. And so because daily interaction is not an important part for them, it's not ever going to be a thing that they're going to do on a regular basis because it's not going to occur to them. And them not doing it has nothing to do with their love for you. It just has to do with who they are. And so this is a big, this is a large conversation that needs to happen. But just for the purpose of, you know, our podcast and time today is that I just want you to think about how often do we project a behavior, we project a fantasy of who we want that person 
how we want them to look, how we want them to think, how we want them to act, how we want them, all of the, what kind of behaviors we want them to do, and how much do we project that they will be that person, or we can convince them to be that person, or they will change to be that person. If they love you enough, they'll change to be that person. If you have that, that uh, paradigm, that love paradigm, that relationship paradigm, that thought process that is running in the background of your brain, you are actually not in a true relationship with that person. You're in a relationship with a fantasy of that person. And two things. One, that's not based on unconditional love at all. That's based completely on conditions. Your love is based on conditions completely. And two, you're not actually giving the person the opportunity to really love that person for who they are. They're going to never measure up to the fantasy that you've created because you actually aren't in a relationship with the person that's sitting in front of you. So this, this whole idea of creating a fantasy or projecting a fantasy or projecting the future fantasy and the attachment to the future fantasy is a really huge problem in preventing you from finding true love or true loves. Okay. All right. Oh, that's a great question. Okay, I'm going to come back to that question in a moment um, about the difference between love and sex. Just let me make a note and I'll answer that at the end of this podcast. Okay, because that's a fantastic question. Um, okay, so number five, the difference between interdependency and codependency. So this one is also another, like this is a key ingredient. When we have interdependent relationships with people, they are clean, they are, you're responsible for your own shit, they're responsible for their own shit, you're, you, you, they don't complete you, you don't complete them. Um, these are really important pieces to having healthy, unconditional love and accepting relationships, whether it's friendships, family relationships, um, lovers, uh, your partner or partners, intimate relationships, okay? So this is a very important piece. Codependency is where you're enmeshed, okay? So think of it as, so everybody who can see me right now, I have both of my hands squished together, okay? Now, codependency is where the fingers are intertwined with each other and it gets all, it's all wrapped up and I'm twirling my hands and they're like, my fingers are all locked in with each other. And, and that's what codependency looks like, all right? Interdependency is like two separate entities or three or four, depending on the, the relationship dynamics, okay? So each individual that is a part of the relationship is a solid island of awesomeness, okay? And the other solid island of awesomeness, you guys come together, some cases literally, some cases figuratively, <laughs> all right? And you co-create and you dance in a co-creation. There's no, 
overlapping. There's no you complete me. There's this beautiful, beautiful dance that happens together. And you are still separate entities, but are choosing to co-create with each other. That's what interdependency relationships look like. And they are not messy and they're really beautiful and there's not a lot of drama and there's not a lot of chaos and there's no, um, there's not a lot of the dysfunctional behaviors that typically happen when you see um, where you're moving from those old and then this is really important. Codependency is the idea that it's somebody else's responsibility to make you happy. It's somebody else's responsibility to fix you. And it's somebody else's responsibility that you're not happy. And it's somebody else's responsibility that you're a train wreck and your life sucks. And it's very much about not actually internally taking responsibility for your behavior, your thoughts, your feelings, and your actions. It's somebody else's responsibility, whether it's their responsibility to make it better or it's their responsibility that they made it worse, okay? And again, moving from that place of only understanding and hearing and feeling conditional love, this is why we behave this way because this is how we've been taught. It's not your fault. It's not anybody's fault. It's just, this is how we have been moving for many, many years, for many generations, okay? So we have to unlearn those things so that we can truly find love, unconditional love and acceptance, lasting loving relationships, and, it start, and these are the keys to it. Okay. Number six, this one is like really awesome once you get into it, but at first it's really terrifying and really hard to do, okay? So I just want to take a moment to like really acknowledge that piece, which is 100% honesty creates true vulnerability and intimacy. And I mean like 100% honesty. You don't need to be uh, mean about it and you can choose the words that you use so that you can make it so that it's uh, coming from a very loving space and not from a place of anger, but everything needs to be completely honest. And so in my relationship with my husband, which sounds really weird this first time that I've said those words. Anyways, um, the in my relationship with my husband, we have a 100% honesty policy, actually so much so that it was one of our vows. And there is no filter. We, we've, you know, we've been together for six years now. So we've gotten really good at knowing that the, I rather the person be completely honest with me than to hold things back so that we can't course correct things. So I'll say things to him like, and again, this is because we've set this up and we both understand what it means. Okay. So, you know, I would, in the beginning, I would have said this differently, but now I say, oh my God, you're annoying me right now <laughs> in your whole not being able to adapt. I'm out. Come find me when you're like, you've switched out of this weird place that you're in. 
that's the kind of conversation me and him have. He also has the same thing like, wow, you need a time out. <laughs> you are crabby. You need another time out. I'm not spending time with you. You're fucking, you're crabby. Go. Time out. You're in time out. Everybody's in time out. I can also say to him, like yesterday, I, I, I did this great podcast about hair pulling and, you know, he's, he's okay with hair pulling, but he's not like a hair pulling rock star. And so I sent him a message. I'm like, hey, can you go watch the hair pulling so you can get better at hair pulling? He's like, all right, I'll go watch it. There was no him thinking, oh, you don't think I'm good enough. There was like, and, and again, this is advanced conversations. Like don't, I wouldn't start off with this level of honesty or not this level of honesty, but the way the language of this honesty uh, in the beginning. Okay. So you want to, you want to make it a little gentler. So how would I have said that in, uh, in a gentler form? Um, I would have said, Hey, so I just did this really great, um, podcast on hair pulling and um you know I really like my hair being pulled can you go listen to it so you can learn how I like it that's how I would have said it in the early and early in the days <laughs> now I'm like hey I need you to get better at this can you do that go listen to this um and he can say the exact same so we don't have filters and it's really like to be honest 100% honest I love that. I now don't have filters. It gets me kind of gets me in trouble at times, but I don't have filters in any of my relationships. That's the key. That's one of my key soul standards that I'll get into in a second of why of of not actually having to filter anything. Other than my clients, I don't filter. And it's beautiful and it's freeing. And I don't, and the person then can also have their own experience about whatever it is that I'm saying, and they can say whatever they need to say. And I can, you know, and not, and if I get triggered, I get uh, reactive to what they have, what they're saying, that's mine to take care of. It's not their responsibility to filter things so that I can take it and hear it. So this is the beautiful thing about moving into this interdependent relationship versus a codependent relationship, which is I'm responsible for my island. You're responsible for your island. You talk and be honest completely and I'll, you know, be honest completely back and I'm not going to move from a reactive place and you're not going to move from a reactive place. And if we are feeling reactive, we're going to own that we're reactive and we'll go, go, go to our separate corners, deal with our stuff and then come back and we can have an honest conversation. In all of that, what that does is that creates, remember how we come back to the first key, which is unconditional love. I know that no matter what I say or do, I will be loved unconditionally and accepted unconditionally. They may not like what I have to say. They may not want to spend time with me because of what I said. That's fine. But the love never gets taken away from me. There's no love. There's no condition on the love. And so therefore I'm free to be truly me and I'm, I'm free to be truly vulnerable. And in that vulnerability comes the greatest connection and the greatest level of intimacy there is. When you really allow somebody to see who you are, the good, the bad, and the ugly of who you are, and they still love you unconditionally, this creates this beautiful space 
of safety, this beautiful space of connection. Okay. All right. And again, it's not easy to do. <laughs> not easy at all. All right. Number seven. This is really, really important. And you won't really need to do this if, so owning your own shit. So I've talked about being the island. So the big piece of why relationships fail, why you don't actually find unconditional love and acceptance is because we are moving from a codependent standpoint where it's everybody else's fault, number one. Number two, uh, we also are moving from our wounds, our conditional wounds. So that's also a big problem. And because of that, we want to own other people. We want to control other people. We feel like if we can own and control and change the other person to be exactly what we want and what we need, then we will feel safe and we will be secure and all of our fears of abandonment, our fears, all of those wounds that we haven't actually healed and we're trying to heal, but not really actually going to heal, but we think that that's how we heal them, okay? Um, doesn't, get, doesn't get healed. So you end up in perpetual relationships that are clusterfuck in a gong show and um, cause a lot of strain, a lot of stress that are unpleasant, unhappy, all of these things. Okay, so heal, take responsibility, heal your old wounds, heal your shit, work on your stuff. Work, if you want to have a fantastic, epic life with people, relationships of love, like deep, deep love, then it's a continual journey of healing one's shit and not expecting the other person to heal it for you or it's their fault. Each of us play a role in every interaction we have with each other. Yes, every interaction we have with each other, we all play a part in that role, in that interaction. And we can only control and course correct our thoughts, our feelings and our behavior. And that's saying a lot, seeing I am, I am the master <laughs> of being able to inspire people to do things I want them to. <laughs> and I never use my power for evil, my superpower for evil. Um, but the point is, is that you can't ultimately control, own, or make anybody be what you need them to be, which is what leads me to bonus. I got a bonus key for you. <laughs> bonus key. Your soul eight. Number eight, creating your soul standard list. This is the list of behaviors, the list of thoughts, the list of belief systems that are super important to the makeup of who you are. And whatever, and I have three of them. I have one for my A-team, which are the people who are the closest to me. I have one for my lovers, because I'm ethically non-monogamous. 
And I have one for my co-collaborators and people that I work with in business. And so um, on these soul standard lists, these are behaviors, thoughts, and beliefs that are important part of being a good fit for being a part of my life. Doesn't make them right or wrong. It's just, this is what works for me. And this is what allows people to be a good fit. So I can find the right matches for me in my life instead of doing this conflict stuff all the time. So one of the really important things that are across all three of my lists is an important personality trait is to look at your shit and to take action to change it. That is like the number one on all of three of my lists. So what's happened over the years is everybody who doesn't, that doesn't work for them. It's not how they roll. Um, they and I, there are relationships of, you know, change. They've definitely not in the inner circle of my life. And only the people who meet that soul standard get to come into the inner circle of my life. And so now all the people around me are all people who look at their stuff, their own emotional shit, and course correct it and heal it and take action. It's really beautiful. I have no distress in my relationships with people anymore because that was a huge stressor. Another piece that's on my soul standard list that's really important is relationship with money. So on my soul standard for my A-team and for not so much my lovers, but my A-team and my, you know, business people is that you have a healthy relationship with money and that you can talk about it openly and easily and that you're on route continually to work and improving your relationships with money. That's really important to me. I don't have drama anymore. So it's like all the things. So when you, so you really want to create a soul standard list. You can create as many as you want in different areas of your life. And what you do is with that soul standard list, you put it up and you read it on a daily basis. And then what happens is a beautiful thing in your brain is your brain's like, oh, that's what we're seeking. That's what we're seeking. And you'll start to seek out the ones who are that meet those soul standards, you'll have immediate attraction to them. And those people will have immediate attraction to you. And the people that don't fall into the aren't a good fit for you and your soul standards, um, you won't be drawn to them, you won't be attracted to them. You'll be like, Oh, you know, they might be a really nice person, they may be physically attracted, there might be all these things that you're like, you know, in the past, you would have totally gravitated to them. But you don't anymore, because it doesn't, it's not a good fit for you, from a relationship standpoint. All right. Now, I promised I'd answer. So those are your keys. If you do those things, you will fall in love or be in love with many people, depending on what kind of love style you want to have, relationship style you have. And they will be healthy and happy and wonderful and not filled with any chaos and crisis and drama. Cross my heart. Poke, hope to die. Poke a needle in my eye. All right. Those are the keys. To the kingdom. Now, the question that was asked earlier, what's the difference between love and sex? Okay, so um, I'm going to quickly answer that question. However, I think that's a great question for a whole podcast. So I'll quickly answer it and then I'll put it on the list of great ideas for a podcast, okay? So the difference between love and sex. So sex is arousal. 
okay? It's, it's the, 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 the lust and the arousal that you're, the horniness, these are all the words, okay? The horniness, the tingles that are happening in your nether regions and your genitals. It's the, the excitement and the thrill. It's the adrenaline that's being produced, which is producing all of these wonderful biochemicals that are making your body all tingly and then you want to hump things. That's what sex is. Primal, raw, primitive, I'm awesome. I love sex. Yay, sex. Okay. Love is like uh, this warm feeling in your heart that radiates from your heart and makes you kind of feel warm and tingly like you're in the sunshine. And it's more about uh, an energetic connection to another human being or many human beings or to a thing. It's a connection, it's an energetic connection where sex is a primal physical response. Okay, so those are, those are the difference. Now you can have sex and love together. So you can be you know, incredibly aroused by the fact that you feel incredibly vulnerable and you feel very connected to a human being or human beings, okay? Um, and so you're combining those two things together. And you can have love without sex and you can have sex without love. So I hope that answers the question. <laughs> And I will do a podcast at some point about like diving into all of the, the things about why we only allow ourselves to have sex if we're in love, because that's what we've been taught we're allowed to do. Um, why we aren't just allowed to be primal, animalistic, desire people. You know, why are we not allowed to just be horny and be okay to be horny? Like we have to attach, we've attached love to give us permission as a society, to give us permission to have that primal experience. And that's where it gets all enmeshed and all crazy and all dysfunctional and unhealthy is because we create conditional love so that we can get laid. <laughs> Instead of just being like, hey, I unconditionally love you and accept you, that's over here, and I think you're kind of hot and let's have sex. And like, I don't have to be in love with you in order to think you're hot and have sex with you. But in our society, especially in particular for the, the love paradigms and relationship paradigms that we've been taught specifically for women and anybody who identifies as female is that we are not allowed, it, we are not allowed to be lustful sexual beings. <coughs> There's a lot of shaming. There's a lot of slut shaming. There's a lot of tearing down of women um, who are sexual and, and are in their primal sexual being. And so uh, you're not allowed to do that. So the only way for a lot of women that they've been taught in order to be able to have their sexual desires and their animalistic needs met is that they need to create a whole love story in order for it to be then okay for them to lust after them. 
And I have a fantastic program calling coming up in June um, that I highly recommend you get a re register in, which is called Finding Your True Love or Loves. And we'll go in depth into each one of these keys and exercises and uh, where these ideas came from and, you know, basically dissecting the whole thing so that when you come out of that program, I think it's seven or eight weeks, when you come out of that program, you will be super clean and attracting exactly what you desire in your life. So the link to that program will be in the show notes. You can also find it at uh, my online courses under GaiaMorissette.com. So I'm going to do part two for all of you Patreon. Don't forget to tip your hostess, which is me. The link to uh, becoming a Patreon member will be in the show notes as well. And I hope you enjoyed our show today. I know it was longer than normal, but this is, was a big conversation. I love you all. Thanks for being with me. And again, don't forget to tip your hostess. Bye-bye. <laughs>